Hello Spectrumites and other people, my name is Forrest and welcome to episode 18 of the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. In this podcast I'm going to give you insights on the autism spectrum, break down some of the myths surrounding it, tell you stories about my experiences on the spectrum as well as the marriage I have with someone else on the spectrum, and allow you to have a window into my life through conversations with friends and family. Most importantly, I hope you learn something from this series as well as have fun listening to it. So without further ado, let's get into it. So, KG, I, I, thought, Hello. I thought I'd start this uh, particular episode off with a question. Okay. What exactly are we doing here? Wait a second. This whole idea was your idea. Not exactly. You were the one that at least offered the topic, and I decided we can go for it. All right. We're actually here to talk a little bit about masculinity and femininity when it comes to the autism spectrum. So let's take gender roles and let's take autism and let's mold them together to make a recipe that's this episode. <laughs> or rather, how autism doesn't, how people on the autism spectrum don't really conform to gender, to traditional gender roles. And that's not always by choice, right? No, and we will get into that. Okay, what do you have for us, KG? I know you have some articles pulled up, some information online on the great internet. Alright, so this article comes from the Los Angeles Times, and it's titled, Brains of Women with Autism Show Masculine Traits. Brains uh, of Women, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Now please keep in mind that these things might, that new information is always coming in, and new discoveries are always being made, so what we say on the show may not be, a- may not be scientifically accurate uh, to this may not be scientifically accurate right now, so please do your own research when discussing topics like this. Yes, please. I implore you. I just did a Google search, so... <laughs> <laughs> As but, you do. But it is a, but a topic like this is really interesting, especially when it comes to traditional gender roles and people who can't conform to them. It's interesting to you. you you've been trying to understand why you act a little bit like a man sometimes. Yeah. So come on, KG. And you you are way more emotional than me. Oh, okay. Oh, now now it's personal. Go on, KG. Show us your manly muscles and um, share with us some of these uh, things that you've found. All right. A team of researchers at Cambridge University's Autism Research Center has found striking similarities between the structural anomalies found in the brain of women with autism spectrum disorder and neurobiological characteristics known to be different between males and females in general. The results published online um, partially confirm aspects of an extreme male brain theory of autism put forth by Cambridge neuroscientist Simon Barn-Cohen and his colleagues, but other results of the study appeared to shake the theory. Scans of the brain of men with autism didn't exhibit a discernible extreme, quote-unquote, of masculine architecture. At the least, the study adds significant evidence that there are fundamental differences between the brains of them with autism and those of their male counterparts and highlights the need to include more women in studies. Although males are disproportionately represented in the population of autistics by a ratio of 2 to 1 or 3 to 1, the gender disparity in research samples hovers closer to 8 to 1, according to the study authors. So that means for every 8 males done in a study, there's only one female. Okay. Which And how would you translate this in English? What, what we've read so far, at least. Um... Basically, there was a theory called the extreme male brain. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find information about that. Do you, too, believe that uh, you have extreme male brain? Do you believe you have extreme male brain? That's not the point. <laughs> I'm asking you. 
The extreme male brain theory posits that people with autism process the world through a male lens and take an interest in stereotypically male topics such as how machines work or weather patterns, and they may have trouble with tasks that women are supposedly better at such as grasping social cues. So there you go. So the study was trying to figure out whether or not the extreme male brain theory is actually a thing with autistic people, and they found, and the answer was yes and no. Yes and no, okay. So if you were to break that down, like, what do you think is the yes and what do you think is the no? Well, we're getting into that. Oh, okay. Please, continue. <laughs> what we have known about autism to date is, ma- is mainly male-based, said Cambridge neuroscientist Meng Chuan Lai, who led the research project. We should not blindly assume that everything found for males or for male-predominant mixed samples will apply from females. So ba- basically what happened was because they were using so many autistic males in the study, it's hard to, to conclude whether or not females uh, follow the extreme male brain theory. Okay, okay. Lai said future research should restore balance and include more rigorous cross-comparison between males and females. Both the clinical and research communities need to pay more attention to females on the spectrum of autism, he said. Uh, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Finding measurable neurobiological differences between male and female brains is no longer surprising to researchers, although debate lingers over whether these characteristics spring from innate neurobiology or the sculpting and pruning that comes with experience. Men's brains are are bigger across body sizes, for example, but women have a higher proportion of white matter, which facilitates connections among brain regions. Studies have also shown a strong sexual divide in brain functions, such such as cognition and memory. IQ gaps are negligible. Men's scores have a more scattered distribution. The so-called sexual dimorphism in brain structure has been found in previous studies of autism. Females with autism differ from men in cognition, in genetic and hormonal biochemistry, and in early, and in early brain overgrowth, among other phenomenon. Several studies have highlighted more typical male behavior and physiology among women with autism. So the, the study did prove that some women with the, on the autism spectrum do exhibit masculine traits whether okay. but whether or not yeah. that but whether or not that means that they always they only see through a male lens remains to be seen what do you think well actually i was thinking of asking you as uh, a woman on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. what do you think do you think you only see through a male lens i mean you do have a sister so you at least had that experience of growing up with a sister who is definitely much more on the feminine side of things in and terms she's of also neurotypical yes uh, exactly <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of interests hobbies personality i mean that we bonded type of stuff. over a few things well i know i'm not saying that you bonded over nothing and, <laughs> and just had an absolute wall between the two of you i'm not saying that mm-hmm. but what would you say because for me it's difficult because when i was a kid mm-hmm. girls who acted a little bit more like guys there was a name for that we called them tomboys mm-hmm and the audience just gasped in horror. <laughs> but, yeah, so you have a lot of interests that would more or less associate more with what men are interested in. Superheroes, Star Wars. You, and now Lord of the Rings a little bit. A little we've been bit. We've been watching through Rings of Power. This will be out long after the season finale, but we've been watching. Mm-hmm. And we've been watching very closely. Especially yes. myself as a huge Lord of the Rings fan. When the finale airs next week, I'm going to start reading through the summer early and from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So, just think a little bit. Like, can you think of anything? 
oh, well, I'm not emotional, like, or I don't have as big of an emotional spectrum as women do, most women do. Let's narrow that down, because I think this is actually a perfect way to narrow it down. Now, you said earlier in the episode, in jest, although you weren't exactly dishonest about it either, I am a much more emotional person than you are. Mm Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's because we are on different levels of the autism spectrum, which we are, definitely still more on the Mm high-functioning side of things, but no two people on the autism spectrum are the same. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most common universal truths when it comes to autism. But I definitely am a much more emotional person, maybe feel a little bit more emotionally vulnerable. I deal with a lot of emotions that I don't know I don't know how to deal with them necessarily. Mm-hmm. I also value talking to people about my feelings <laughs> and emotions, mm-hmm. and I like it. I like it a lot when people listen to me on that. You're definitely much more stoic, more unemotional. You don't really talk about your feelings. They actually have to kind of reach like a boiling point, yeah, for you to find the words to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that can be hard because when you're looking at the emotional spectrum of two autistic, two different autistic people, you, what is going on outside? It's a truck. Yeah, <laughs> a truck <laughs> is uh, doing its normal thing outside. When you're uh, talking about two autistic people on, on the kind of emotional spectrum, it, it's hard to figure out whether or not that is a matter of your more masculine traits and my more feminine traits or if that's just because of our varying levels on the autism spectrum maybe that's hard to tell you are a rarity in the autism world yeah and i'll be honest because look i was diagnosed june 26th no june 25th 2015 i remembered the date (laughs) i have a full-on 25 page diagnosis report by my desk I have a lot of stuff in it that, no, it's in the living room right now. Stop looking. (laughs) I I have um, a lot listed in the diagnosis report that pretty, that shows some pretty compelling evidence that I am on the autism spectrum. But I won't lie to you, my tendency to be much more emotional has made me question how close I actually am to autism. And the fact that you're extroverted. You're willing to talk to people. Well, autistic people love to talk to people. But you were willing to talk to people without bringing up hyperfixations. Actually, I hate small talk. I hate it when people bring up small talk. I even hate it when people bring up small talk of my hyperfixations. I like going deep on that stuff. Right. But the point is, you're willing. You're more willing to strike up a random conversation with a person while waiting in line than me. Okay. That's something my mom used to do, and I never understood how she could do it. <laughs> okay, so this was one of our first outings together. We went to a local Comic Con in 2016, and we were both dressed up as Roman Torchwick and um, Neo from RWBY, and we were standing in line right outside the building, and lo and behold, there's this guy standing in front of us wearing a Castlevania shirt, and you were able to strike up a conversation with him just great. So I remember these things. That was because he was wearing a Castlevania shirt. You can walk up to somebody standing in line at a grocery store and talk to them. He's just wearing a normal plain plaid shirt. (laughs) (laughs) If he was not wearing a Castlevania shirt, I would not have gotten the courage to talk about it. I I guess that's fair. (laughs) But is there anything else? Again, stoicism, not much emotion, don't really talk about feelings very much. I'm not too concerned about dressing up nice. I don't wear makeup. I don't do my hair. 
Be- That's true. I don't, you don't wear- do any of those things. I don't. What? Well, to be fair, I don't wear makeup because I have sensitive skin and it starts to itch after a while. Uh huh. And I don't do my hair because it just takes too long. I'm like, why? Why do I need to do my hair? Why do I need to do my hair? It takes too long. I have other things to do. That reminds me of breakfast. <laughs> That's bre- a very masculine thing to say. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of breakfast in the morning. I Why? Why should I eat this? I can do other things right now. Because that's different. That is about your body <laughs> and your nutrition. This I know. is this. My hair does not matter in terms of hygiene. I wash it and that's it. That's all I need to do. Well, what else can the uh, glorious internet tell us All right. about Let's continue. the autism spectrum when it comes to masculinity and femininity? The Cambridge researchers found the sharpest distinction when measuring the volume of white matter. For the women diagnosed with autism, scan shows scans showed that areas associated most with autism closely mimicked a male pattern of white matter volume. Differences in gray matter were more marginal. Other researchers found the results intriguing, but cautioned about limits, some of which the team acknowledged. The sample only included high-functioning subjects, with no other neurological disorders, so its results may not apply broadly. And the lack of evidence pointing toward an extreme masculine architecture among the male autistics could indicate that there are subtle differences in the way sex chromosomes or hormonal factors play out in the early development of males and females. Ordinary male brains could also be so far on the masculine side of the scale that it's hard to discern marginal differences in autistic males. Nonetheless, the differences relating to white matter between the female autism and group controls are pretty convincing and seem to line up pretty well with known differences between men and women. That's it. That's it? Yes. There was another article, right? Yes. This is from uh, Spectrum News. Spectrum News. Interesting. It's titled... Brains of men with autism have some female patterns. Okay, go on. I'm curious. The brains of men with autism have a mosaic of features from both genders, a new study suggests. The findings may help reconcile conflicting theories about the sex bias in the autism brain. One theory holds that people with the autism have extreme versions of the typical male brain, which we discussed, the extreme male brain theory. Right, right. Another, the gender incoherence theory, proposes that men with autism show female traits and vice versa. That's, that's again, what they were, the, study was, the previous study was talking about. Right. The new study hints that parts of both theories are true, depending on the part of the brain under scrutiny. There's representation of both models, and this varies depending on the functional network, said lead, re- lead researcher Adriana Martino, Associate Professor of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at New York University's Langone Medical Center. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of words in that sentence. That was a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> the findings indicate that men with autism show female features in a sensory motor brain network, but exaggerated male traits in other networks. It's, not, it's a nice example that not more masculine or more male, their brain type, but it's just a unique combination which is correlated or associated with autism. DiMartino and her colleagues looked at brain scans from 357 typical boys and men and 471 typical girls and women aged 8 to 78 while taken, the individuals were at re- taken while the individuals were at rest. They also analyzed scans from 360 boys and men with autism and, th- and, and 403 typical ones aged 6 to 58. They examined the extent to which pairs of brain regions become active in tandem. Regions that are simultaneously active have a high degree of connectivity. So that means 
you use them at the same time depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. The researchers then looked for brain areas in which connectivity differs between typical men and women and between men and women with and without autism. Men with autism showed an extreme male shift in the default mode network, which governs daydreaming and rumination, the researchers found. In this network, the men showed a decreased connectivity compared with typical men, who in turn have less connectivity than typical women. This finding jibes with that of a 2016 study that showed extreme male connectivity patterns in the default mode network in 408 boys and men with autism. The researchers also found an overly male profile in brain networks involved in goal-directed behavior or or attention. In these areas, the men with autism have unusually high connectivity. So basically what it's saying is that men with autism tend to to have masculine ways of thinking when it comes to... um, or ma- masculine brain patterns when it comes to daydreaming and, and thinking about things. Uh-huh. And thinking about goals and attention. You know, that actually makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah, and for me too. Oh no. What? But but you said, m- m- like, true, autistic ma- men true, have the... But I'm really good at daydreaming too. Oh, well, you are. Yeah. Although you do have to technically, for you personally, you kind of have to be in the right setting for that That's true also like true. running on the elliptical yes. from an earlier episode yes <laughs> but um it's interesting because i've been reading this book i'm almost done with it it's called uh, the men we need by brent hansen mm-hmm. and the thing about that book or the thing about the author is that brent hansen is on the autism spectrum and he does mention this at least several times in the book but the book is essentially about the kind of men that he feels uh, society needs right now and it he le- he excuse me He lays out a couple of common sense traits that are pretty traditionally masculine in nature, but he did admit that he's not the type of man who will go hunting or do a whole lot of physical sports or... Well, we can't. Right, right. (laughs) Lack of motor skills. We need to dedicate an entire episode to that too because Misa clumsy, (laughs) but... Yeah, Brandt mentioned that he's not the kind of guy who really does uh, sports or uh, chops down trees mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He has he's, big muscles. Yeah, has big muscles. Yeah, not, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I'm pretty sure that autistic men are still pretty capable of the emotional side of traditional men. Yeah. Not necessarily the physical. Do you know an autistic man who is very physically buff? You're the only autistic man I know besides Blade. Then I, then who's, which one of us is buff, KG? Which one of us is buff? Neither, but Blade is tall. There's a difference. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening to this, Blade, that's for you. (laughs) Go on. Okay. Um, By contrast, in a network of sensory and motor brain regions, boys and men with autism show a shift toward femaleness. Mm -hmm. A 2016 study showed a similar trend. Many of the functions served by these networks, sensory and motor, are impaired in people with autism. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So the fluctuation in connectivity patterns may underlie some features of the condition. The analyses are robust, says Lucina Uden, associate professor of the psychology at the University of Miami in Florida, who is not involved in the work. But interpreting the data in the context of sweeping gender theories may not be fruitful, she said. The literature supporting sex differences in the typical brain is shaky, so that's another stretch of saying autism, the brain is either going more towards the male end or more towards the female end. The brains of typical individuals are also mosaics of prototypical male and female features, so this patchwork may look, simply look different in autism. 
By ex focusing exclusively on men and boys, the new study sheds light on only half the equation. DiMartino plans to look for gender-related connectivity patterns in girls and women with autism with, when enough data are available. All right, so based on those two articles we read, what are your thoughts? I mean, if you just want to talk about personal experience between you and I, we kind of covered a little bit about what makes you in some ways masculine oh. and what makes me in some ways feminine. We didn't talk about too much about your femininity, though. We just talked about your emotions. What other things can you think of? I think it's just some of the things that concern me the most okay. in terms of, like, structure, because... Women like structure, right? They like making sure everything is pre-planned. Sure. Also, you're the more romantic one. I am actually, yeah, actually, that's perfect. As a matter of fact, we could get into that a little bit. A couple of years ago when we were just dating, I discovered that you were much more pragmatic and I'm much more romantic. That was another one of those things that I had to do a lot of research into and figure out. You're not a romantic type. You're definitely kind of the Spock in the relationship. Mm -hmm. I think you've gotten a little bit better, you know, a little bit. over time. I've used to you, yes. Yes, <laughs> correct. Uh, romance is definitely a much higher priority of mine. Yes. You know, and of course, that, does, that isn't to say that men can't be romantic it's just that in a lot of ways uh, there is pragmatism attached to it women mm -hmm. are very much more the the romantic type they're yeah. driven by romance they remember all they... the anniversaries yeah they remember yeah. all the important dates um... i like to remember all the dates i know you do <laughs> but yeah it's it's interesting because I've wondered, I've even had conversations with my mom off and on, you know, am I a more feminine person? And my mom uh, says no, but being that you've, uh, you've lived with me, I think you can probably say that I do have some of those feminine traits. Would you find them attractive? Like that, I think that's a good question to ask. Like, well, they make for it... you, are they attractive or do you wish that I had more masculine traits? Well... All those, you're both masculine and feminine, and those make up you, so I can't be mad at just half of you. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because you're you. If I hated half of you, then I wouldn't like you. This is starting to sound like Bilbo's speech uh, <laughs> during his birthday party. Uh, you know, I mean, some of your um, masculine, more masculine traits have, they've thrown me off maybe a little bit. I remember the first time I bought you flowers and decided never to do that again because that's just not... Me. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> color, like, your love language at all. I'd rather get candy! <laughs> oh, another masculine thing I've noticed is that I tend to feel more comfortable hanging around guys than I do with girls. Meanwhile, oddly, I think it's easier to talk to girls than I, uh, than I think it is to talk to guys, which has, has drawn the curiosity and maybe even slight ire of some of my friends where they're like, how can you do that? <laughs> and in all honesty, I don't really have an answer. Yeah, it's just the brain. Yeah. Well, I, I just... just oh, I, go ahead. I just liked talking to guys more because they were interested in... They, they had more interests of mine than See, girls. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where your interests more align with stuff that guys get into anyway. Mm -hmm. So naturally, you would talk to more guys about this stuff. Yeah, like when I was at a, um, a youth group at one of my churches, one of the churches I went to, um, they were just the... the, the 
pastors were talking about having a girls' night and a guys' night. The girls got the girls would get to watch Pride and Prejudice. The guys would get to watch the Avengers. Can you guess which group I wanted to join? The the, the Avengers. I know. And so I even asked, hey, I don't like Pride and Prejudice. Can I join the Avengers? And my I think I threw my pastors off a bit. <laughs> and you were the only girl that yes. was, <laughs> that was girls, participating. All the, well, I, I don't think we ended up even doing it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? I, I, this is the part of the story I never heard. No, we never ended up doing it. Maybe it was because I oh. threw them off. And I'm like, wait, this girl doesn't like Pride and Prejudice? No, I think it's boring. What? You threw a wrench into the whole thing. You're the reason why <laughs> they never got to see either movie that night. Well, I'm happy because I wouldn't have been happy watching Pride and Prejudice. Look at you just showing off your masculine determination. Yes. We can get into a debate over whether or not it's okay for a woman to have certain masculine traits or for a guy to have certain feminine traits. To be honest, I think most people go through life not, or at least most autistic people, excuse me, go through it not even necessarily noticing. I tend to be a very analytical person, so of course I noticed. Mm -hmm. And you tend to be an analytical person, so you kind of noticed. And then Mm -hmm. when you've been living together for two and a half years nonstop... Um, you you notice uh, these little things about each other. I also am really good at writing male characters. And I am really, and well, I mean, I think <laughs> I'm pretty good at writing female characters. I would rather my characters be female than male. And I, I'd rather again, my I characters be male than female. It's just easier. I don't know why. What do you, do you think you just understand the male brain really well? Is that it? I don't know. Maybe it's because I, maybe my brain is mostly male. Hmm. Every brain is different, just like everybody on the autism spectrum is different. And they even said in the article that people's brains are different. So, and some of them lean, lean more towards the, the, the maleness than the other. Yeah, I remember when um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones on Netflix came out, and I saw the first season. Now, I I love the Daredevil show, and I remember when the first season came out, and I was like, yeah, it was it was pretty good. You know, I mean, I like it a lot more now. Yes. But uh, and then I remember Jessica Jones season one coming out, and I was like, oh, that was really good. And then <laughs> I'm having to defend myself over it because I'm thinking I liked this female-led show just a bit slightly more Mm -hmm. i found jessica jones to be a really intriguing character and uh, a character that the type of character that i tend to write about Mm -hmm. and uh, i never really understood it again we're talking about preference over daredevil And I prefer more masculine-driven shows. I like stuff with action and excitement. Yes, JoJo. JoJo, We're calling it out on this show. JoJo's Bizarre Adventures, which is primarily about men. Gigantic, thick, (laughs) strong men. But I don't focus on that. I focus on the And then let's get to the matter of Castlevania. Again, I focus on the action. Oh, the Sandman, main character being a guy, a powerful guy, yes. powerful dude. Mm-hmm. Let's see, where else? Oh, one of your favorite pop culture characters of all time is Luke Skywalker. Yes. That's because, why The Last yeah, Jedi was so disappointing thing. to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, yeah, please, actually explain that. that. That would be great. Yeah, when I was little, I didn't want to be Princess Leia. Like, you didn't? I did not. I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. You know why? Because he could do all the cool things. 
he had a lightsaber. He had a lightsaber and, and he, he could, could move things with his mind. And I'm and I was like, I wanna be him. And he had the most interesting character arc in the original trilogy. Consider in the original trilogy, there was the hero's journey of go- coming from simple farm boy to powerful Jedi master, and he had to fight his father, who was the main bad guy. Mm-hmm. Leia, her arc was: Do I love Han? Do I not love Han? And what's this thing with Luke? <laughs> yes. And what's this thing with Luke? And, uh, yeah, so Luke Skywalker was always one of your favorite pop culture characters. And I always hear these stories about how these young women were, like, inspired by Princess Leia, how she was a strong female character, and she gave them inspiration to, like, and determination to to achieve their dreams. I'm like... Just about all of her character development was done by the first five minutes of A New Hope. Yeah, but take credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I never felt that. I I wanted to be Luke Skywalker. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then they say that, well, and I still think it's important for women to have female yeah. characters to look up to and men to have male characters to look up to, but uh, you're living proof that <laughs> sometimes they can cross over. Yeah. And anything else you wanted to bring up? I don't think so. I, this was one of the more topical episodes where it's a little bit less about our own well, lives and a little bit we... less about the... You know, the marriage aspect, obviously, mm-hmm. and a and bit, bit more of a, like, social topic mm-hmm. about uh, masculinity and femininity when it comes to autism and how they may be a little bit different. Even I can't exactly fully explain why I have more feminine attributes. I think it's interesting because... I've always tended to talk to my mom more than my dad, and that might be because well, my I... mom was also my school teacher. And so I constantly, I was around my mom constantly growing up and picked up on a lot of her habits and a lot of uh, her traits. I, was, I always talked to my mom too, but my mom and I are very much alike in personality. We're, mm-hmm. both, we're both go with the flow, present-oriented people. So. I've noticed. And my dad's very stoic, and sometimes he gives one-word answers, so I'm just like, well, I'm not, well, I gotta go ask mom now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that didn't work. Time to go talk to mom. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we hope that at the very least this episode was a little bit informative. I mean, my youngest brother, Hudson, I don't know, played, like, Barbie dolls with some girls uh, when he was a kid, but he doesn't do any of that now. And my brother got his nails painted by my sister. Hey, I got my nails (laughs) painted by your sister. (laughs) And you modeled for her with those nails. I know, I did, and I'm proud of it, and I stand by it. All right, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, while I have you, I'd like to promote a singer and songwriter I've had the pleasure of getting to know, David Angus. David has produced music for me in the past, including the opening song of my audio drama Mortal Deity, which you can find on my YouTube channel, Vanza Productions. Check out his music on Spotify and download his albums when the clubs come out and his latest afters at the casino. I know he'll appreciate it. Have questions about the topics I've covered or the conversations I've had? Want to provide suggestions for autism-related topics I can cover? Email me at vanzotmedia at gmail.com. That's V-A-N-Z-O-T media at gmail.com. And I'll consider your suggestions. 
Hey guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, write a review to help the show grow, and subscribe to my Substack at thepancakeking.substack.com to receive updates on new podcast episodes, a new blog post every Saturday, and other content I may put out. You can also check out the entertainment me, KG, and my friends make together on our YouTube channel, Vanzot Productions. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.